Welcome back to another episode of Life's a Garden. Quick reminder for everybody, next week is the Christmas episode. So don't forget, if you like and share this episode or any of the past episodes, you are going to be entered to win a $25 gift card. So, hey, even if you share the YouTube channel, it doesn't matter. Share anything from Life's a Garden. Just make sure to either tag me in it or send me a screenshot of it, something. Just let me know that you did that, and I will enter you to win $25 gift card on next week's episode. So thank you very much for doing that. Today's guest is a very spiritual and religious man. I figured with Christmas right around the corner, it would be a great opportunity to have a conversation about religion, spirituality. Um, not really something that gets talked about a lot on this show. And I figured this guy was the best person that I could think of to have that conversation with. He is also a music guy. He likes to play the guitar, likes to sing. So we talk about that as well. Talk about the outdoors, camping, things like that, in addition to the spiritual talk. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Charlie Coleman. Welcome, Charlie. Hey, Dick. How are you, man? Good. Thanks for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Never seen a full episode, so this will be the first full episode for me. The first one that you've been a part... Well, first one you've been a part of, first one you've experienced the whole thing. Yeah. So. And then I don't ever recommend going back and listening to it because there's nothing worse than listening to your own voice. <laughs> I've had to, I have to listen to so many of these just because between editing and then sometimes I'll go back and listen to them just so that I know the things I need to fix. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But I've gotten so used to hearing my own voice that it's like... Yeah, I've, I've listened to myself on different recordings and, uh, yeah, sound like a dork to myself, but... Of course. Know, you get used to it. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> like, I mean, you don't think about what everybody else hears or sees of you and then, like, yeah. you see pictures of yourself or you listen to recordings of yourself and you're like, well, that's what everyone sees. And I've gotten over the whole self-conscious thing quite a while ago yeah i still care about what people think of course but not to the point where i stress over it right yeah it's an i envy the people who who can just like brush off the what people think of them i've i've it's like you said you know you 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 can brush it off or you can like get over it Mm -hmm. and whatnot but there's always that little piece of you that yeah it kind of sticks in the back of your head yeah for me, it's always little things, too. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I should have combed my hair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what's new, man? Oh, oh, boy. In my life, quite a little bit, actually. It's uh, been kind of a roller coaster, as you know, with my grandma dying and Aaron lost his dog. And then my step, not my stepdaughter, my granddaughter attempted suicide here a few days ago. Damn, I'm sorry to hear about that. Good news is... She's recovering. She'll need a lot of prayer. She'll need a lot of support, you know. So, but life in general is pretty darn good. Well, good. Can't complain. Yeah, even with the with the downs, you know. Yeah. Because yeah, I I knew pretty. I I had heard about all that, and 
I'm glad to hear that she's that she's good though. Like yeah. that. Well, at least she's she's on the road to recovery, and right. Hopefully, they can take care of the problems that caused it all to start with, and she'll be good to go from here. Yeah, we've lost too many to that, so yeah. we don't need any more. Yeah, exactly. And it's like 2021 has been like death is seems to dance around. You know. I know. It. it I don't know. Sometimes it seems like there's people that have way too much in one year and then you know myself personally i there've been years hardly ever even think about it you know? oh i know you sometimes you'll get two or three within the span of a year mm, or so yeah. and then you'll go five or six years with nothing and it's yeah. like it's weird how it kind of just bunches up like that yeah well it started with my brother-in-law back in may mm-hmm. aaron's stepdad that's right and uh yeah that that was a tough one but he was suffering, so he, he was. I'm sure he was glad to go. Yeah, sucks for everybody that leaves behind. Same as my with my grandma, she's been ready to go for years. I mean, 103 well, years. Yeah, old. I was gonna say it was, she was. She had a life, man. One, yeah. 133, yeah. man. I, I I met her, didn't I? I'm sure you have. Okay. Yeah, because uh, well, she's known your uncle Mike since he was going to school with my uncle Martin. Okay. Back at Holy Rosary Catholic School there on, well, down over there, what is that, 5th Street West or something like that? Oh, is that what ended up being? Uh... They closed the, it's not a Catholic school anymore. Okay, yeah, because it, then it was, was it, it, it was always Holy Rosary, right? For as long as I remembered, yeah. Okay, and now it's like apartment complexes, isn't it? I don't know. I like condos? Been, yeah, I haven't been by there in so long. Yeah. But it just kind of took me by surprise when i heard that they were closing it down but yeah well didn't they move it all to uh one spot up up on uh colton avenue well there's uh i guess they split that up to saint francis isn't it isn't that what it's yeah, called yeah and then there the part of the congregation went there and then part of the congregation is going to uh oh shoot it's down on the south side mary the, mother of peace I oh think. there's a there's a Catholic, Catholic school down there too. Yeah. Okay. Catholic church down there. I don't know if it's a school or not, but huh. I'm okay. not Catholic myself. I'm Protestant, but oh, okay. Yeah. See, I was raised Catholic. Yeah, I was around a lot of Catholics because my mom's family's Catholic. Okay. A lot of them still are. There's a couple that defected. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, essentially well, the same belief system, but with with some differences. Yeah, I. Uh, I got nothing against people that want to be Catholic. I I don't agree with everything the Catholic Church Yeah. puts out there, you know, like and mostly it's it's not anything negative, it's just it's kind of like from what I understand experiencing what I did growing up and what I've read about and studied with other people and it uh you know, it's like okay, yeah, they believe in Jesus perfect they believe in god great they believe in the holy spirit awesome but it's like yeah you got to believe in jesus plus you got to do your hail marys you got to believe in jesus Mm -hmm. plus you got to go to catechism and it's plus this and plus this it's all the extra stuff wait a minute i thought it was all about faith right it's it's, that's that's the bottom line with me it's it's almost like more ritualistic in a sense yeah well and then there's like they have the um the the whole thing with uh, Mary 
right? Isn't that like isn't Mary, Mary like the mother of God? Mary's more of a of a stature in in that in the yeah. It's almost like Catholic. Some people put her at a higher level than Christ Himself. Right. Yeah. It's uh, and she deserves the honor and the respect and and, and all that. Actually, you know, she was a chosen vessel to bring the Son of God to the earth. So yeah, by all means, she definitely deserves the respect and the honor. I don't know about worship though. I don't yeah. think you should worship her. She yeah, it seems like she's definitely worshipped a lot higher. Maybe not higher, but like just more so in the Catholic Church than any other. Yeah, and I think that holds true, especially in like third world countries mm, yeah. where the population isn't quite as educated. You know, the their level of education might only go to like the sixth grade or whatever in you know, to equivocate it to our educational system. Uh, so and especially where um, a lot of the population has been converted from pagan religions where they had multiple gods and 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 I think that's what happened with the Catholic Church early on was they were established in Rome and of course Rome was a pagan nation before they became Christian and a lot of the people couldn't wrap their head around just having one god mm. and and I think that's why the Catholics in Italy decided, oh, we're going to start carving marble statues of St. Peter, Mary, St. Paul. All the patron saints. And all stuff the patron like saints, yes. And uh, and that kind of, I think, helped some of those pagan religions that had the multi-gods, you know, make the transition. I don't know, I wouldn't want to say it lured him in, but it made it more appealing, I guess. Or, like, an easier transition. Like, it made it, it made more sense to them, in yeah. a way. And, and that's interesting, too, because I always remember Grandma uh, saying, like, pray to Saint whoever for this, you know, yeah. because he's the patron saint of whatever, yeah. which is similar to, like, a, like Greek gods, where, the, like, there's a certain god for a certain thing. Yeah, and Poseidon's the god of the sea, and, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a lot like that. Well, and another interesting thing about the whole Mary thing, now that you mention it, with Italy, is, like, the mother in in the Italian culture is, like, a very high part oh, of the family. Sure. Like, you, you always respect your mother. Your mother's, like... Yeah, and uh, Mexico, and I, I'm not sure if it's the same with Spain, but I know in Mexico, when you get married, you take the mother's name with you. You don't drop it like we do here in the United States. Oh, interesting. States. I guess I, didn't, I never knew that. Yeah. Yeah, the mother's they, they definitely honor her uh, lineage more than the father's lineage. Gotcha. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's that kind of blew me away when I heard it as a little kid and was like, "What?" Right. <laughs> Seems strange to me, but you know, it's a whole other country, whole other culture. So. Yeah, for sure. Huh. Well, yeah, and that that makes sense too because most of uh, Mexico is very Catholic too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, with the Mayan culture. And that's another culture besides the like the Romans and mm-hmm. that area. You know, that's another culture when the Spaniards came over, and of course they were Roman Catholic. So I think that whole, you know, patron saints, whole array of those guys helped some of the Mayans get their mind wrapped around the re- religion of the white man. You know, mm-hmm. so to speak. Well. It's, Christianity is religion of a European religion, right? Well, in a sense, no. It's it's a to be Christian, you first have to be Jewish. Okay. 
not saying you have to go join the Jewish synagogue and then get uh, circumcised or you know, none of that but you have to believe in the God of the Jewish people to start with because he is the God of the universe right you know I'm a lot of people don't believe that. You can choose to believe whatever you want. Well, that's where, you know. I mean, that's where it's belief, you know. Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting to me that there's so many questions left unanswered. I mean, even guys I've known that got 10, 15 years on me that have been studying the Bible a lot longer than I have, you can you can still stump them with questions and and they'll say, "Yeah, we probably won't know that till we get to heaven." Mhm. And I love that fact because it brings it down to faith. And that's what God's looking for is, do you have faith? Right. And, you know, you don't you don't have to believe in, you don't have to believe in his son or anything like that. It's up to you entirely. And uh, the thing that makes people mad, though, is when they say, when you tell them, Jesus Christ is the only way to get to the Father. Because without him you're left here to be condemned because he paid the price for uh, to remove all our sin mm-hmm. and you can take him up on the offer of grace which will bring you into salvation and give you everlasting life or you can turn your back on it either way it's your choice and people just have a tough time with that <laughs> well I think it's because you know we have this physical body that's been affected by sin and if you accept Christ you're declaring war against your own body and against the world system mm-hmm. so you're basically saying yeah I don't I don't, I'm not going to side with the devil anymore I'm going to side with God and Jesus his son and the Holy Spirit and I'm declaring war on Satan basically so so where do you stand when it comes to like per se, somebody who leads a good life, does all the right things, is very, you know, good person in their community, all this stuff, whatever, but hasn't, isn't very religious, hasn't really studied the Bible, doesn't really understand this and that, and hasn't accepted Jesus and all this. Uh, where do you stand on them as far as, like, what are your thoughts as far as... Well, first of all, um, if they've never heard of Jesus... They don't know. They can't be held accountable. Okay, fair enough. Um, it's like a little kid, you know. They do stuff. They always get in trouble, you know. But they don't know any better till somebody teaches them. And if you're an old man and you've never heard of Jesus or the gospel, how Jesus was raised from the dead after three days in the grave and brought to life and ascended back to heaven, if you don't know any of that, how are you going to be held accountable? The good news is, um, for all those that died before Jesus did, he actually did go back into the grave. Or that's what he preached to the dead when he was dead. So those people got to hear the gospel. So, and I don't know. See, this is one of the mysteries. Do they? How long do they have to make the choice? You know, if they're because. I believe the soul lives forever, whether you spend eternity in heaven or hell. That's up to you, of course. But um, you know, getting back to the uh, the good works, you know, kind people live their whole life doing it, trying to do everything right, 
but they still don't accept Jesus. I've heard more than one preacher say, not all people in hell were bad when they lived on earth. There are going to be good people that go to hell, and there are going to be bad people that make it to heaven, because they might, on their deathbed, say, oh, I was wrong this whole time, and now I accept Jesus, and if God knows they're sincere in their heart, then they will get into heaven. Even if they had killed, raped, murdered, you know, stolen, all that stuff. If they sincerely believe in their heart and God knows it's true that, yeah, they were wrong, they will get into heaven. When they get there, they're not going to have a lot to show for it. Because <laughs> um, there's scripture that talks about being clothed by your works of faith and 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 the Bible does talk about faith and works be going hand in hand you can be saved through faith alone but once you get faith you can't just sit and do nothing faith compels you to help your fellow man you know and uh, and to serve God and his people so yeah you need to be out there being active but if you do all that without faith and you don't believe in Jesus you can still go to hell I've, it took me a long time to get my head around that because my dad he yeah, yeah I kind of believe in God I, well he believed in God definitely and he believed Jesus was a good man but he wouldn't accept the idea that oh yeah well Jesus he couldn't save all of mankind all by himself. How can one man do that? And I told Dad, well, he was all man, but he was 100% God, too. Yeah. Which, that's another thing people have a hard time wrapping their head around. Yeah, well, isn't... How can you be 100% man and 100% God? Well, he's the son of God, right? He is God, essentially. Yeah, he is God. Yeah. yeah. And he's still alive. And... Uh, there's a uh, well it was a book and I think they made a movie out of it in fact I know they did but the book was written by a guy named Lee Strobel who was a he was an atheist or an agnostic at least and he was a reporter for the Chicago Tribune I think back in the 70s and he had a very legalistic mind you know everything was cut and dry nuts and bolts I can't hold it in my hands I don't believe it kind of a guy mm-hmm and uh, his kid I can't remember if it was a son or a daughter ended up in the hospital and they thought they were going to lose this kid oh no I know I take that back the kid almost choked in a restaurant and the mother was there and I think the dad was too I can't remember it's been a while but anyway a nurse comes over and saves the kid from choking and then um, the nurse tells the mother I was going to go to a different restaurant, but Jesus told me I need to be here today. And she's like, what? And yeah, yeah, I was told by God I need to be in this restaurant instead of the one I was going to. And I ended up saving your daughter's life. I'm not taking credit. I give all the credit to God. So the mother's like, wow. She becomes a Christian. She starts going to the woman's church that saved the kid. And of course, this made Lee Strobel very mad. He was like, what's God ever done for us nah, 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 nah. and he's I'm going to prove to you that Jesus was a fake 
So he actually, and like I said, he was a legalistic investigative reporter, and he started building a case to discount Jesus altogether and prove that he was a phony and oh his disciples took the body out of the grave and da 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 and come trying to trying to just blow the whole thing out of the water through facts and investigation and he investigated for three years and he finally decided I'm a Christian <laughs> he couldn't prove otherwise so he became a believer huh and he's he's a very strong voice for for God yeah and it's it's actually a really good read and a really good movie and what's the what's the name of it a case for christ okay yeah it was it was very inspirational to me i already believed but when i saw that it's like wow yeah and the evidence he produces like uh i can't remember how many i think it was like 15,000 manuscripts that were written about christ and that was not just manuscripts that went into the Bible. It was manuscripts from India, Egypt, all over. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, I just I just read a thing too. It's just that, extensive. That because there's like the lost years of Jesus within the Bible between the ages of what twelve and yeah and thirty or whatever. Well, then, like you said, there's the manuscripts that that uh, suggest he was in India between India and I think Italy. Mm-hmm. Or somewhere like that, something like that. Yeah, and it makes sense because Joseph of Arimathea, who was uh, the man that took Jesus' body from the cross and prepared it for the grave, he actually owned ships. And I believe he was an uncle, a relative of Mary's or Joseph's. I don't remember which. I can't. I, I'm not super uh, educated on the whole background of the lineage of jesus other family members but uh yeah he owned ships so there's no stretch of the imagination that jesus could have jumped on a ship and sailed to scotland or possibly america yeah i mean because we're pretty sure the norsemen were going to iceland to greenland and then down the coast i mean we've got evidence that they were here before columbus yeah so it's not too much of a stretch to think that I mean, Jesus created the world. He was there in the beginning with God, and they created the world. So I'm pretty sure he knew the way to get there by ship. Fair enough. (laughs) And he might have, you know, he might have been... He could have just walked there. Yeah, he could (laughs) have. Would have taken him a long time in a physical body. Yeah, yeah. He also could have... And this is what the Mormons believe. They believe that Jesus, after he rose from the dead went to South America, North America, and to preach to the lost sheep there. Um, He could have. Yeah. Very easily, because uh, there's scripture that talks about him being in one place and then almost instantaneously appearing somewhere else miles away. So he had the ability to do that. Right. Of course, I'm sure once you ascend out of your physical body and you get your heavenly body, I'm sure it's uh, no, you know, no trouble to just phase through a dimension and pop up somewhere else. Sure. I don't know how it would work. I right. No I don't think we're meant to know. <laughs> no. But I mean, it, 
I bet there's a lot of physicists that would love to figure it out, though. Sure. And it is interesting, like, what you said with the story about the lady showing up at the restaurant because she was compelled to, to do so. Mm-hmm. It's like, you hear a lot of those stories, and it, it truly does make it hard to to not believe in a higher power, or, you know, that there's something more than just this, what we are. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, there are those stories of people just feeling compelled to, you know, let's wait and not go wherever and then there's a giant wreck down the road or 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 you know yeah saved you from being in a wreck just yeah. things like that or or <clears throat> some some not even maybe not even like a feeling but some like force of nature causes you to go a different course of direction or different like direction in life even yeah absolutely a different event in life causes you to 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 do something else and that leads you into a, a better path or a better way of life or whatever it may be. Or uh, an angel could directly yeah. intervene on your behalf. Yeah. And Bible talks about angels doing that all the time. Mm-hmm. And I've heard, I've listened to Coast to Coast AM because I've long haul truck for quite a while. And then I still drive truck and I get up in the middle of the night. So I, I listen to Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie sometimes. And every once in a while he'll have... A segment on he'll call angel stories or something like that and uh you hear about people picking up hitchhikers for example and uh and then dropping them off and then they go to a diner and and uh anyway it's just it's just uh angels always appear as men for some reason hmm. i mean the world says, "Oh, they're cute little babies with wings, and they tubby little guys with arrows like Cupid, yeah, <laughs> things yeah, yeah. like that." Or they'll be really beautiful women, but angels in the Bible always appeared to be male. Um, but uh, Abraham, I don't know if you're familiar with mm-hmm. Abraham from the Old Testament. He uh, had those three visitors come in, and and they he made a meal for him and. You know, it was hospitable to him, and and after they left, he, I don't know if he ever actually found out they were angels or not, but the Bible talks about the angels visiting him, and uh, and I absolutely believe it because I've, like I said, I've heard stories on Coast to Coast AM with George. And, well, the one I was going to tell you about was the guys on the on the oops, I was talking on the circle going around. Uh, the interstate going around Washington D.C., mm. and he's he sees these two cars coming up behind him, and they seem to be racing. Well, come to find out, one guy had cut the other guy off, made him mad, so they both got road rage going, mm. and they're just getting stupid and crazy, and they're ripping through traffic, and and one guy finally loses it, and he shears off the left side front suspension, the wheel, the hub, the whole assembly. And it goes flying off through the air. And the guy that called in is telling this story. And he said, I saw this chunk of car front suspension coming at me. And I had nowhere to go. I had a car on each side. I got a guy behind me. I can't slam on the brakes. I had nowhere to go. And I knew this thing was just going to come right through the windshield. And it was heading right towards me. And a split second before it hit, he said he closed his eyes and just said, oh, help. <laughs> he couldn't think anything else to say except help and he said the next thing he knows 
he opens his eyes and his car is sitting in the grassy area off the side of the road and there's the windshield's fine he's fine but this thing should have killed him yeah and somehow it didn't you, know, you can take that with a grain of salt of course coast to coast am is meant for entertainment but you know there's there's real stories like that it's a it's a big universe man it's a lot of a lot of strange things going on right well and so it's in, so i don't know just a lot of talking about cuz this is not I don't really talk about religion a lot, especially on this show. Mm-hmm. And I don't really talk a lot about a lot in my personal life. I remember the first when I saw you for the first time, what, a couple of years ago, when Aaron first moved back here. Yeah, after you came of age and moved out on your own and everything. Yeah, we had a good conversation about it and yeah. and like it's it's very interesting to me because so I grew up re- religious because, you know, grandma, she was very Catholic. We went to uh, I was baptized, went to Sunday school, did the catechism, received communion, did all that. And then just throughout my life, I've always been spiritual. I've yeah. always had faith. I've always been spiritual. I just, my religious aspects and aspirations have kind of faded a little bit as as that's happened. But my spirituality and my faith has never faded. Yeah. It's waned from time to time, you know. There's there's times oh, where sure, yeah, that's. But the thing is, it's like it is interesting to me because, even though it's not a part of my daily life that I'm like, you know, I'm not a, a huge prayer. You know, I don't pray a lot, like maybe I should. Oh, uh, Bible says you should. Oh, for sure, but always without ceasing. Yeah, and you know, and I, I definitely have not been. Well, you know, I've heard people say, I don't pray because I don't really know how to pray. Well, There's you, no wrong way, really. You can talk, can't you? Yeah. If you can talk, you can pray. And even silent prayers are heard. Right. You know, if if you approach God with a humble heart and, and sincere belief that your prayer will do you good and he can hear you. And especially if you're praying, you know, say, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, your one and only Son. Um, then, yeah, he'll definitely hear you because that's why Jesus died, so he could be your advocate in front of God's throne mm-hmm. so you could state your case to him and, and the Holy Spirit will actually... If you don't say the right words, the Holy Spirit can actually translate what you're feeling and even though as long you as can't... You feel it. Yeah, even, even though you can't put it into the right words, it will be a perfect prayer once it's presented to God through the holy spirit right so well and like i said you know it's as much as i've become distance from time mm-hmm. to not really faith but from the religion and all that you know and i think personally my belief is i feel like as long as you have faith and spirituality and believe you know i think you can become separate from some of the church because and and the reason I say that is because I feel like churches. I don't know how to explain it, really. It's like you were just saying; it's hard to explain. Yeah, sometimes it, it's a stumbling. Block. Sometimes you don't have the words to say it, and like I, I totally understand the the purpose of the church. I think there's so many different religions, so many different church 
that it can become confusing from time to time. Oh yeah, all the different denominations. It gets convoluted and and like it it also comes down to who's teaching you. Like they it's their interpretation as to what they're giving to you. They interpret what they're taking from the Bible and they're sending it to you, but your interpretation of that may be different. It depends on whether or not you're interpreting it in the right context because you have to remember who wrote it, why it was written, and who they're talking to. And some of the some of the uh, language and colloquialisms that they used back then make no sense to us because, well, it was an agricultural society. You know, they had a lot of different customs than we do now, obviously. So, but if if you interpret it in the right context and you're not trying to twist it, you're trying to actually do a sincere understanding of it, then you will get the right message because it's been the same for thousands of years now. Mm-hmm. And And here's the amazing thing to me is the number of people and societies that have tried to abolish and destroy the Bible and it's still the most published book ever and it's survived so long against so much opposition it I mean that to me right there is enough to say it's got to be the true word of God Mm. you know it's not just a bunch of old Jewish guys making up fairy tales God told them what to write just like a boss would have a secretary dictate whether that be a male or female secretary (laughs) right uh you know it's just like dictating a letter basically so that's the inspired word of god is what i honestly believe about the bible and i've looked into i kind of looked into the quran i didn't really try to study it enough Mm -hmm. to understand the whole thing but i know they actually believe in jesus as a great prophet they don't recognize him as they don't recognize him as the savior the son only son of god but it is interesting though when other religion like it seems to be that pretty much most major religions look at there being one source of of an of an almighty power they don't all call him god right but it's still almost like the same being it's just presented in a different facet but it's like there's always one you know all the all the demi or all the uh what what do you call it when there's multiple gods like all Uh, those religions faded away they're still out there yeah but in a much lesser well hindu there there's plenty of hindu people that's true that's true that's true (laughs) and and they've got hundreds of gods right but just it seems like for the most part even in like chinese religions and stuff there's like there, there's like a a power. It's it might not even be a person in some religions, but there's. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, well, yeah, you can derive, you can derive uh, strength and encouragement from different sources. Right. I mean, even even the Native Americans looking at the sun, like the Earth and the sun, as as a an almighty entity. Yeah. It's like that's still from God. Yeah. You know, that's still a, I don't know. Not everybody might perceive it the same way, but it's all still, it, it seems like you could, you could pinpoint it back to a singular point. The Native Americans, especially, I think, 
had the right idea even though they didn't know about Jesus or if they had it 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 got lost somewhere you know like I said maybe maybe some white man did say something to the natives about Jesus way way back but obviously it didn't catch on or maybe it never happened we don't know um, but uh, the thing I love about their belief is they still they recognize Mother Earth as their source of life and the sun and everything else but they still acknowledge the great spirit mm -hmm. you hear that in pretty much every Native American I could be wrong I'm no expert on the subject by any means the but, great spirit yeah but you know that's a pretty common theme from the Apache to the Comanche to the Sioux and Blackfoot and the Crow and but and they and they call other creatures brother you know like brother coyote and yeah you know things and they, they actually acknowledge that there is a spiritual connection we are all connected whether we're four-legged two-legged got fins and scales or you know mm -hmm. they they understood that creation is all one but there was a one great spirit they just didn't know they didn't know his name <laughs> right or maybe some of them did have a name but uh i thought yeah those guys you know that just goes to show you you spend enough time in nature you do appreciate the fact that creation is a divine thing and we're here on we're here on god's dime you know everything is his he just lets us use it all Mm -hmm. which has always amazed me. It's like, wow, I don't really deserve it, but thanks. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I definitely... <clears throat> and that's another thing I've been kind of, like, struggling with lately, mostly, is, like, just the idea of death and, like, an afterlife. Mm. And it's like, I don't know why that's been such a prevalent thing in my head, but it's like, first of all, it's the sudden, you know, just, like, the absolute suddenness of death and how how fragile life really is. That's just one aspect that doesn't really fall into a religious perspective as much as it does just like humanity itself. Yeah. But then there's that thought of like, well, what is after this life? You know, like I, I it's just the possibilities because we don't know. And so, but as soon as I start thinking about it in a spiritual aspect and how like, you know, there is no doubt in my mind that, we are more than just flesh and bone. You know, oh, there's, absolutely. there's a spirit, there's something more to us. And so the more, whenever I start like thinking about that or putting myself in that state of mind, it's like, I'm overcome with like relief or like, it's like an overcoming of, uh, of, um, peace. Yeah. Like, like I know, like, it's just like, Oh, that's clearly coming to grips with it. At yeah. Least, yeah. And it's like, it's, it's, it's weird. It's another thing too, where it's like, you know, when I start talking about sp spirituality, religion, things like that, cause like I said, not necessarily something that's a daily thing for me, but when I do, there is a, like a warmth. It's hard to, it's hard to explain. I mean, you might know what I'm talking about, no, but yeah. it's like, you're overcome with a feeling of, Peace. I call security. That probably, I'd probably say that's the Holy Spirit, right? Helping to comfort you because when Jesus, before he ascended to heaven, he said, "I'm sending you a comforter, someone to help you." And then Pentecost came along, and they all got filled with the Holy Spirit, and and man, things just really took off after that. 
Mm -hmm. but uh, I think the thing with death is you know for people that don't think much about religion or spirituality um, the whole permanence of death is what scares people it's like yeah that's forever man Mm -hmm. so people get spooked by that and you shouldn't because everything you see is temporary it's all the invisible stuff that's permanent you know like uh, well like righteousness you can walk down the street and pass a hundred righteous people and you'd never know it by looking at them they might be the ugliest meanest looking you know terrible might be real scroungy dressed or whatever but you don't know right you know and that the invisible stuff is what's important and and I don't consider myself a religious guy I've studied the Bible a lot Mm -hmm. and I believe in Jesus 100% but I don't try to spout religion I try to I try to uh, talk about a relationship. Yeah. Because that's what it boils down to. God wants you to have a relationship with him, and he'll call you, and whether you go to him or not, like I said before, it's up to you entirely. Well, I think that's where my, like, separation from the religion and the faith comes from. It's like, and, and don't get me wrong, I have no issues with religion at all i think it's a great source for people who need guidance i think it's a great you know vessel for people to go to that will help them find their way Mm -hmm. but i think i mean it doesn't matter you could go to church every single day of your life and it won't matter if you don't make that internal you know that's true belief or that and it's it's all within you it's not it's not a, a physical thing like you said it's not it's not like something that you can just go to and then all of a sudden you're saved you got to make that choice within you you got like that it's all about spirit and yeah and making and, that connection and it's an ongoing thing it's not just oh i, I yeah i got a, got my ticket to heaven i'm good to go and then you just do whatever you want right at the same time you couldn't just walk into a church and be like one day and then all of a sudden you're yeah you know you got to make that choice within you and you got to like carry that yeah it's not like a yeah it's a that reminds me of uh i uh gave my testimony at church and I love church, man. They're like family to me, these people down here where I go at mm-hmm. Living Water. And, uh, you know, I, I used to think, oh, you don't have to go to church. But, you know, once you get into the habit of doing it and you start knowing people and you actually start having godly relationships with people, it's it's so fulfilling. It's it. I mean, sometimes you don't get anything back. Sometimes you got to give more than you receive but that's more blessed anyway anyway <laughs> no uh getting back to the testimony thing um cuz you were talking about it might uh you think you might think oh yeah I'll go to church one time and then I'll be saved and then yeah. I'm good to go well i had to kind of figure it out on my own because dad you know he's like he wasn't against it at all and he believed it was good to be in church and he believed in God and of course mom was raised Catholic and but since dad wasn't in the church we weren't Catholic so because anyway long story short uh, my testimony was basically it took me a long time to figure out what I what I believe and what I should believe and 
I, I honestly think Jesus called me from an early age because when I was in the first grade, I kept getting out of school every day and I'd see all these kids walking into the church across the street. And I thought, I bet they get cookies. <laughs> so I followed them into the building and went down into the basement where they all went. And we got cookies. Yeah, yeah. Which was awesome. But uh, that was the very first time I ever heard anybody say, Jesus Christ died for your sins. And I'm like, what? What sin? And why would he die for that? And who is this guy? Yeah. You know? So from then on, it was like, I want to know more. I want to know more. Wanna... Okay. So you've been in it for a while yeah, then. Yeah. Okay. I, I wasn't always, you know, connected, mm-hmm. so to speak, but... Well, see, that's another thing, too. Like, even though we did, like, I agree with the fact that, you know, you can't just, like, pop into a church and all of a sudden you're saved. But I, it's never too late to... Well, you can. Right. Because, I, like I said, yeah, it's never too late. Like, you, once you've made that realization, yeah, you can't go back from that, you know? It's like, well, I guess you could. Well, those, there are people that do, and, and surprisingly enough, some of them have been staunch proponents for christ and they've just given it all up no i've i've heard of a i don't remember the guy's name but there was a couple of different cases i was listening to uh well if you ever get a chance listen to david jeremiah on the radio or greg Laurie's another one he was a surfer dude down in california and he accepted jesus when he was 17 but yeah he was a dope smoker and a womanizer and a partier and he's like there's got to be more to life but he's still a strong proponent for Christ, and he's always bringing people to Jesus. And uh, but there are those that have, you know, served the Lord and for years, and then just walked away from it all, denounced their faith, just threw it all away. And I'm like, I don't know how you can do that. Yeah, that is interesting. I well, because there's always going to be tests of faith. Yeah, there's going to be tests where, and I and I, I guess maybe that's kind of something I've been going through lately. Where it's like, oh, it'll be an ongoing thing. I've been me. tested, <laughs> you know, tested with my belief in an afterlife, or I've been tested with my, whatever it is, you know, my mm-hmm. beliefs in general. And it's like, yeah, you got to fight those tests. You got to kind of, and I've even had those thoughts lately too, where it's like, well, maybe, yeah, maybe I'm just being straight away, and it's my duty to find my way back. Yeah. Well, that's where prayer is important because. It's, you know, most people think, oh, I'll pray for this person or that person to that God would heal them or provide a car or whatever. Right. But prayer actually does help you bring God into focus in your own mind because you have to think about what you're going to say to him. I mean, he's the creator of the universe, so, I mean, it's not like you've got to tiptoe around him or anything, but it helps you bring your mind into focus on him, which I think amplifies the power of your prayer mm. when you do that. And it that's what helps bring the answers that you're looking for. Well, it's, it's like, you know, you get people that do meditation and even and stuff. And it's like, even that, there is a connection to, you know, you find connection. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting in like in that too, where it's like prayer is just another f- kind of a different form of meditation in a way. You know, you're Certainly. focusing on, a, on yourself. You're focusing in on, on within you. And then you can make connection to to a different elm, to a higher power. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's like it's it's all kind of the same thing if if you're doing it right. 
you know. And I think another there, thing I feel. What, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say with one difference. Um, with most meditation, you're trying to empty your mind mm. to open yourself up to the to connect with the universe, yeah. to become one, you know, on that astral plane or whatever. Right. With Christianity, and I believe with Judaism, um, you're filling your mind with God. Hmm. instead of emptying it of everything you're trying to fill it up with god and the spirit i mean i think there's a benefit to both in a way like if you you know what i mean like because because you're still making a connection in some way some form and to make a connection with the universe would also be to make a connection with god one thing you have to remember though and you got to be careful of this okay is there's evil spirits and there are good spirits in the universe and if you're not connecting with god even the devil can disguise himself as an angel of light and he might fool you and he might send you down the wrong road and you know it could be disastrous well that's a good point or it could just be a minor inconvenience mm-hmm. <laughs> but so yeah you got to you got to be very careful when you right. meditate i think in, this is kind of going back a, a few steps from where we were at i was just thinking about the fact that like another thing a lot of people do is i think a lot of people go to church because it's just the right thing to do. They don't necessarily like... It's kind of a show. Yeah, it's kind of just like, oh, it's just like, that's our tradition, that's just what we do. And like, mm-hmm. it, there's not really like... That doesn't mean you're doing the right thing. Oh, you'll find some of the meanest spirited people in the world in churches. Just because, because that's what they grew up doing or it's yeah, because be, like... It's, it's all about the legalistic tradi- aspect of, you know, yeah. the rituals and right, right. everything. And that's no knock against any particular denomination because you'll find it in pretty much any denomination yeah because well to put it as the bible puts it there will be wolves sneaking in among the sheep mm-hmm. and uh yeah they're here, they're there to cause hate and discontent and disrupt the church and break it up if they can right another thing that i now this doesn't this is hard to say like it's hard for me to figure out how to put this because it there's no knock on any religion here but like you see a lot of what's the word i'm looking for um hypocrisy well there's a there's that for sure but that's there's that everybody everything yeah (laughs) everybody but um there's a lot of like advantage taking when you think about like these mega churches Mm. and like you know some of these millionaire billionaire Preachers, preachers who oh, do yeah. those t evangel driving around in a a stretch limo Rolls Royce right and I think that's a I there's I have a problem with that I do too yeah because it's it's advantage taking it's a, it's taking advantage of people's beliefs to make a profit yeah and not to mention taking advantage of the tax exempt right. aspect of being a church because that is just baiting the population to say all right enough is enough you know more tax exempt status for you and that would really cripple all the good things that do come from churches having the tax exempt status right well and it's hard to say like your community little church on the corner you know that would cripple them oh absolutely but then you know it, at the same time you got these mega churches that take up full city blocks 
Mm-hmm. And five thousand people in one meeting, yeah, right, who are donating lots of money mm-hmm. because they say God told you to do this. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's a trick. That's tricky to be like, hey, God told you to, God God wants you to donate your money to 100%. help build this church so that we can spread the word. And yeah. it's like there's some truth, like there's not truth to that because that like I don't like the idea of kind of tricking, not tricking people, but making people believe that they have to give money in order to be a part of the church. Yeah. You know what I mean? And people do it. People are just like willingly signing over thousand dollar checks because Well, that's good. It is, but you should want to do that. Oh yeah. You shouldn't has, be told to well, do Well, that's what the Bible says. God loves a cheerful giver. So if you're like, no, nah, I gotta give out Right. Well God, the, God don't want your money if you're but, gonna be like that. But not but also I don't think he would want you to, to just like think you're doing it because I, I don't know you'd want to, he would want you to want to do that yeah rather than just doing it because you think it's the right thing to do or or you're going to hell if you don't right yeah and it's like there's there's just there's so much of that that i i don't i think it gets lost with those big churches and it's like you you wouldn't want to see those like it's it's it seems almost unfair for those guys to not have to pay taxes because they're they're uh, profiting off of a yeah, lot of that. Yeah, and they, sh- they deserve their wages. Don't get me wrong. Okay. A full-time preacher deserves to be paid. Sure. You got to raise food for yourself and pay your bills, you know, and all that. So, yeah, they, they need to be paid. But I don't think Joel Osteen, you know. Joel Osteen, yeah, he's he's made out. He's been. <laughs> or who's that other guy? Well, there used to be Jimmy Swaggart, but he got caught in adultery and he had to give it up. Yeah, I heard about that. Who's that um, little short guy that looks like a goblin? <laughs> I can't think of his name. <laughs> he was the one that was like freaking out about. I'm gonna try and look him up. He was on the that was freaking out about. Uh, well, I know there are uh, there are several preachers that have very successful ministries that they and they live very well, but. Um, you know they have nice houses, nice cars, and things, but I don't think they actually take it to the level that maybe Joel Osteen does, because I know he's he wearing a ten thousand dollar watch. Well, or he something. looks at it like a profit machine, and that's wrong. He does actually spread the word, because um, I've listened to him, and I've like, well, Joel, yeah, but man, I think well, and there's also it's, it's he's walking a fine line, right? Because then you way. then you also have to think about vanity, celebrity, mm-hmm. like he's he's. He's definitely strutting himself as an idol. Well, I was just reading in Proverbs 11 this morning about uh, wealth versus righteousness. Okay. You know, those who chase wealth all their life. When they die, everything they trusted in is gone. It does them no good. And wealth is a very, very powerful motivator to do things you would not normally do. Okay. I mean, like a poor man, he's he's going to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, not because it's going to gain him profit. And maybe it will, maybe it won't. But what I'm saying is a rich guy, he's more likely to stab his neighbor in the back if he thinks he's going to get more money out of it, you know, figuratively. Right, right. But uh, um, Kenneth Coleman was the guy I was thinking of. Oh, okay. Um. But I need to throw this out. That, yeah, go for it. That uh, 
you know, you're talking about all these preachers and their mega churches and, and guys that are just milking the, riding the gravy train, basically. The Bible says, test the spirit. And you will know if the spirit is true by the fruit of their labor. Because a bad tree can't produce good fruit. It can only produce bad fruit. So if you look at what they're doing and maybe and I'm, I'm not super familiar with Joel Osteen I know who he is I've listened to him I don't know I've never looked into what kind how he's benefiting mankind other than spreading the gospel right he might have and that's true he I might mean, have a million dollar orphanage building being put up right now I don't know that's true I mean so I'm 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 just, just God also says those I can trust with little, I will endow with more. Hmm. Basically, I'm paraphrasing it there. I can't remember the exact scripture. I'm good at spitting out scripture. I just couldn't tell you where to find them. All. Right. Well, it's like, and I shouldn't. I should definitely make it clear. Like, not everybody that works for the mega church or in the mega church or part of the mega church are bad people. Oh no. I, I'm just saying there definitely are bad apples well, within the within the tree. Yeah, and then. The other risk you run in that case is people that don't believe, they look at that and they're like, oh, yeah, he's just getting fat off God. Right, and right. And he's milking all these poor saps for everything they're worth, and they they just going like blind sheep following him. And, yeah, that's why Jesus called his congregation sheep, because people can be pretty stupid when it comes to following a leader. But he was the good shepherd, so he was the one to follow. He still is. But, uh, yeah, and then, then you hear the phrase, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm-hmm. That's a bad preacher. He's taking you down the wrong road. So look at the fruit of his works, and you'll be able to test his spirit. And that, that should tell you either stay or go. Right. Well, and it's like, and, and that kind of just all boils back down to it's up to you. Like, the, you have to you have to make Perfect. that choice to yourself. Like, you can't let some – somebody can, can teach you – the word and they can they can kind of guide you they can guide you all they want it doesn't matter if you don't make that choice it doesn't matter if you're not the one accepting jesus or god or or the divinity you know and that makes me think of the scripture that says the word is like a two sharper than a two-edged sword it can cleave the soul in other words it can separate the sin nature from the spirit nature Mm. because it's a battle that's why humans they'd be going along and be doing really good and then all of a sudden they blow up and they do something stupid and crazy or or even harmful and uh and then uh, i forgot where the end of that i had an ending there (laughs) i guess uh it goes back to uh your choice again Mm -hmm. people really don't like to look at the word of God because once they realize all the things that they've been doing wrong and how they need to transform themselves because it is a transformation once you accept Christ which is really easy um, it's harder to stay a good Christian actually I don't like to be referred to as a good Christian I'd much rather be referred to as a sincere Christian Mm -hmm because I've seen too many good Christians who uh, weren't so good people. Mm, right. Hi- hypocrite to the nth degree, basically. 
Right. So, um, but the Bible's like a two-edged sword, like I said, but it's also like a mirror. And sometimes, a lot of p folks don't, well, pretty, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say everybody does not like to look in the mirror when they when it's looking at, it basically shows you a picture of your soul. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear, nobody wants to face the music when it comes to all your flaws. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what that may be, whether it's minor or major. And it's, I think everybody would, would agree with that. Nobody likes to be faced with the bad parts of them. Right. But you have to in order to turn it's it. It's part into, of reality. Yeah, you gotta you got to make a change. you got to turn that good. The only way to do that is to face face the bad. Yeah. And there's never been a man born without sin except Adam and Jesus. Two people. Of course, Adam screwed up. <laughs> Jesus never did. That's why we have we have the uh, ability to go to him and say, I need you. Please save me. Right. You know, and if you do, he's more than happy to welcome you into the family of God. Right. And then and here's the part I love. When you die, if you are in Christ when you die, you automatically, you're right there with him. You don't have to go to the grave. Your body does, but your spirit goes right to him. Um, I don't know what happens to people when, their soul, when they die and their soul is not in the family of God. If they're not a believer in Jesus... I don't know if they get like put in a spiritual closet until the day of judgment comes or what happens. I, they're not cast into the lake of fire until after the day of judgment, which is, yeah, you don't want to go there. But uh, I'm just saying, I don't know what. I just want to be, okay, here, this 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 will sum it up. I heard this. I can't remember who said it, but uh, I really liked it, and I've used it more than once, and it, it goes, uh, I'd rather live like there is a God and die to find out there's not than to live like there's not a God and die to find out there is. Right. Because then you're going to be sorry. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's a good point. So, you know, maybe that'll be a little encouragement for people who are sitting on the fence. It's like, well, do I want to accept Jesus? Do I want to go with Wiccan? Or do I want to be, uh, what's the one that... Uh, uh, the ones that worship trees. <laughs> I can't remember. Pagan or? It's a pagan religion, but there, there's a, a particular name. Uh, anyway, but, you know. People, it might be Wiccan. Well, Wiccan, they, they're they more about the earth and okay. nature. And, and they've got some good aspects to it, but they, it's almost like they just, they're just kind of ignoring Jesus. Right. Who actually created everything that they worship. They're, <laughs> they're, they're worshiping the creation not the creator mm -hmm. but uh you know so maybe maybe that little <laughs> thing about live like there is a god instead of maybe that'll help some people decide yeah okay maybe i should i like that <laughs> because i mean once you die it's too late to change your mind yeah you've had your whole life to figure it out right and uh I think the thing that deters a lot of people, though, about Jesus is he tells you, go out and make disciples of all the world. And uh, 
you know, I was pretty uncomfortable with that for a long time because like, oh, they're going to make fun of me. They're going to think I'm a little goody two-shoes dweeb or something, you know. <laughs> and, yeah, so what anymore? It's like, yeah, so what? I'd rather be on God's side than not. Right. And uh, like I said earlier, once you accept Jesus, you're basically declaring war. You enlist as a soldier in the war against Satan. So take your pick. Yeah, you well, I'm like can't sit on the fence. And like thinking about spirit and just like the fact that you know you've mentioned it too, where it's like people are very. I gotta see it. I gotta textile. They gotta see it. They gotta believe. You know, to yeah, see it, believe on. it, and stuff. It's like, well, do you see love? You yeah. know, do you see anger or or any emotion that you feel? Like, no, those are feelings. Yeah. Like, you feel that. And it's like when you hear a good song, you know, you feel that. It's like, how does that not explain spirit? How does that not explain? Like, just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Right. You know? It's, you, can't, you can't see the wind. You can see its effect, but you can't see the wind. Right. You don't air. see gravity, but you feel it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's not there. Perfect point. Perfect example. You uh, you mentioned Adam, and so Adam and Eve, and that made me think of one of my favorite jokes. <laughs> and that's uh, uh, the reason women never know what they want to eat. It's because the first one damned us forever. Yeah. The first one that knew what she wanted to eat damned us forever. Yeah, she got talked into it to her credit. Yeah, I know, I know. So. It was just the way the joke was yeah. said. No, that's good. <laughs> oh, let's see. Oh, I had a... So, okay, here's a joke. Okay. To okay. lighten the things up. So, it's uh, lunchtime at the Catholic school... And all the kids are filing into the cafeteria. And there's a nun at the head of the line, right where the whole trade line starts. And and she's standing there. And there's a table with a big bowl of apples on it. And she puts a sign on there that says, Apples, take one. God is watching you. So all these little kids get down to the end of the line. And there's a big plate of cookies. So this little kid, being the wise guy that he is, puts a note on there that says, Cookies, take all you want. God's watching the apples. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those kids' jokes you can tell to anybody. Right, know. right. That's funny. Yeah. I like that. I've never heard that one. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about music, too. You oh, know, yeah. I don't want to just make it a one-paced conversation. You do music in the church, though, too, right? Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I'm i not very good at it, but I play bass. Nice. I'm learning. I'm, I'm gotten better. Not much, but... And then tomorrow, uh, I'm going to play two songs at my grandma's vigil. Oh, very nice. At the at Doll's Funeral Chapel. What time is that? One o'clock. Okay. Um, I'm, that's when it starts. I don't know what time I'll be playing. But uh, when my dad died 10 years ago, I couldn't do it live. But I wanted to play a song. that He was a big Marty Robbins fan. So my mom took a video recording and we took it to Doll's Chapel and I played and she they played the song that I knew my dad would have loved it's called Little Green Valley mm. and it talks about going back to this little green valley you know where all those happy memories are and all that so but I knew I couldn't do it live then because I was still pretty tore up about dad dying on us he was 
only 74, which in my book is way too young. But uh, I think I can do it with Grandma's service because she's been ready to go for a long time, and she's she had a great life. She's, I mean, if anybody that I know personally could be nominated for Saint, it would have been her. So I'm going to do two songs for her. And I'm just going to keep in my head all the cheerful thoughts, you know, so I don't get all choked, <laughs> choked up. up. Yeah, yeah. At Don's funeral, I did. Uh, I sang "Danny Boy." Oh, sweet. And you know, for a long time, looking back on that, I really didn't look at it fondly that I did that mm. because it made me feel like I I didn't do it this way. But I felt like a lot of people saw it as like I was doing it for me. Oh, yeah. Like it's like I'm putting on a show. Yeah. That was not what it was meant to be. But like it was just like the per- your tribute to Don. Yeah, and it was just the perception that I felt. Not I. I don't. I never got that impression that anybody felt that way. But like I guess that's just me being self conscious about it. Like mm. maybe I shouldn't have done that because it it seemed very like showboaty. Like like I'm trying to just make this about me, yeah. and that wasn't what it was. This goes back to religion now. Okay, that's fine. Because thoughts like that, that's, to me, that's the devil whispering in your ear, like, who do you think you are? Putting, casting doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Being a show-off. You know, that's, because he'll do that. Right. Every chance he gets. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't really see it that way anymore, but there was a long time I did. Yeah. And I, I kind of regretted doing that, but now I'm like, I only had the one chance to do it. Yeah, yeah. It's like... And you're right. Yeah, it was like a, it was just my tribute to him. Well, so on that aspect of it, it was just for you. It was your way of saying, "I'm going to miss you, man." Right. Right. And this is the best I got, but I want you to have it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, it's admirable that you did that. Danny Boy's not an easy song to sing. I did a cappella too. Yeah, nice. It's that was even harder <laughs> to do. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be playing guitar, so. That'll be nice. Uh, I've been practicing, so hopefully it'll go well. You just when did you start playing guitar? I think I was about seven. Oh, okay, wow. Yeah, I, uh, I'm I'm a little frustrated that I'm not farther along than I am because when I was learning, I learned how to read sheet music, mm-hmm. and so I'd sit down and my teacher would put the sheet music in front of me and I'd read the notes and I'd go through it and okay, that lesson's good, here's your next assignment. I take it home and I practice it all week and then I come back and I play it. Okay, you need to work on this. Okay, go back home, work on that, bring it back. Okay, that's a, that's good. And, and so I was just basically training to be a music or a studio musician. Right. I never really learned. How to just freestyle? Yeah, well, for one thing, I never knew the one four five rule in chord progression. Mm. Never heard of it. Right. I was like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> and somebody would say, go to the fifth or something when you're trying to play. And you're like, what are you talking about? Go to the fifth. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> but no. So, you know, having Aaron and you guys around, cutthroat, you guys have been a bit of an inspiration to me to keep keep on playing, you know. And 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 the church playing bass there, it's, that's been a kind of expanded my horizons a little bit and and, uh i even went out on a limb one sunday and i got one of the harmonica holders and oh nice so on a part that i would normally have helped sing 
the congregation was singing, so I just filled in with a little harmonica, and it actually turned out pretty decent. Nice. And people gave me compliments, so I was pretty happy. Cool. <laughs> More encouragement. Well, good. Yeah, that's cool, man. And, yeah, I always love jamming with you guys when yeah. you show up at the house, and you, you guys got a nice little jam room. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll have to let you guys know when, when we can uh, maybe put something together. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if I told you, but I got a new mic. Yeah, I, I, yeah, oh, yeah sure, a sure mic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not new. The church is kind enough to sell it to me. Right on. It's used, but it's a good mic. Seems to be, anyway. Yeah. No, I saw the setup. It's it's very nice. Yeah, I love that. I love that little jam room down there. <laughs> you guys got it all. Well, we need one more PA speaker. We could use a little acoustic tile here and there, but... Ah, uh, yeah. I think, yeah. overall, it's it's actually a pretty decent room. Yeah. So... So what? So, music, religion. What are some other like Charlie hobbies or Charlie enjoyments oh, in life? Oh man, one thing I don't get to do enough is camping and fishing. Yeah, especially the camping part. You know, because get out there and just sit and listen to the birds and watch the campfire and you know it's just there's that's good for you. Yeah, it's that's, good to get away from from the craziness and kind of just be solidary the solidarity of nature and yeah. the quiet we, I should the peace take, I should take a poke at Aaron right now okay go for it <laughs> maybe you can help me out here you guys could gang up on Uncle Tim to get a uh, title for that boat so we can get that thing fixed up oh yeah God. and if you don't want to include this in your podcast no I don't care dude he <laughs> he should know but that boat's just sitting there man it's resting away right it would be cool to get that out on yeah, the water. That's a, it could be a nice boat. We should plan on doing that spring summer this year. Mm-hmm. Why not? Well, it's going to need a little work before we can get it on the water, but I don't think it'd take a whole lot. Yeah. But I told Aaron I'll help you out. There's no point in doing it if you don't have the title. Yeah, if you ain't got the title, well, I'm not going to help you. I'd put even, a bunch of work into it and then have it. And I'd even be willing to put little money in it myself if it needs be. You know. Uh huh. Yeah, not till he sees a title. Yeah. No. <laughs> hey. So Why? if you're listening to this, Tim, <laughs> it's not surprising. You could that he'd go be... fishing with us too, even. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't do that enough either. Like, I'm not, I'm not crazy about camping. I've never really been like the most nature kind of guy. Oh, yeah. But I do like to go fishing, and like, I like, I like a day. Yeah. I don't like days. Oh, I do. Well, that's yeah. It depends I mean, on where I'm at too, of course, and what sure. the weather's doing and all that stuff. But yeah, on on my ideal camping trip, I'd be like jumping in a if fishing was no good, I'd be swimming in near a swimming hole or whatever, maybe going on a hike or. But uh, yeah, other stuff I like to do is be like I do a little wood carving from time to time. Haven't done that for quite a while. Right on. And I sketch. Okay. Um. Have, really out of practice on that um ride motorcycles don't have one anymore but i'd dearly love to get another one i got one yeah yeah i need to learn how to ride it though (laughs) let's see we're the opposite you know how to ride you don't got a bike i'm i'm the opposite of that well the guy that i sold my last bike to said i could buy it back from him for half the price oh wow yeah, yeah get a few bills paid off and i'll have to think about it but Right on. Yeah, that was a good little bike. It's good for running around town, especially because, and I have taken it on 
long distance trips it's not really meant for that yeah need some need some more accoutrements before it'd be comfortable right but, yeah mine's just a little one too yeah but uh yeah so that's that's about where i'm at so hoping everybody has a good christmas this year and hope new year's well i ain't got a lot of faith in the years getting better as they roll along because you know we are getting every day that goes by is a day closer to the end you know and i mean that's a morbid kind of a thought yeah but, <laughs> but if i mean if you if you uh if you're a christian you know that yeah it's gonna be all right man this is just gonna be the it's gonna suck going through all that other stuff you know the wars and the famine and everything the bible talks about but that's why people need jesus yeah for and, sure and that goes for everybody and i know there are people who absolutely hate god who would get in my face right now screaming at me who do you think you are you self-righteous blah 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 and i would just say hey, it's not up to me man it's up to god and and you you either accept his invitation or you don't i'm not going to worry about you I'm, i'll try to help you if you need me to but that's your decision so anyway as the years roll along let's just hope they're a good few good ones left yeah for sure that's <laughs> some, for some camping and family reunions and all that good stuff and, oh i forgot to mention rendezvous which is basically a form of camping okay mountain man rendezvous explain it's a uh, basically a reenactment deal okay and uh if you're in camp you have to have all the dress all the tools all the equipment that were available from 1840 and before mm. so if it was invented or developed after 1840 it's not allowed to be visible in camp you can have it there but it's got to be hidden for example a plastic cooler got to keep your food fresh but so you can either build a wooden box to put it in or cover it with burlap or canvas or a buffalo hide or whatever as long as it's not visible because a lot of uh a lot of clubs will do what they call public day and people come strolling through and it's supposed to look like you just step back into history you know because huh. everybody's wearing 1840 and pre-1840 clothing and <laughs> sometimes they ain't wearing a whole lot some guys <laughs> would just be running around in a breech clout you know right <laughs> so and moccasins and that, that might be about all mm -hmm. but and first time i went and i saw a couple of guys that probably shouldn't be dressed like that that were dressed like that i think that's kind of shocking but <laughs> but it is fun not inaccurate yeah not inaccurate it's actually quite historically accurate but uh no we have cannon shoots and black powder rifle and pistol and archery and knife and tomahawk throwing contests and adult games like we had mountain man golf at the last one you had to make your own club and you make your own ball and uh, a lot of the balls were made of uh, dehydrated limes. Okay. Which held up pretty good for getting smacked around like they did. But uh, And it wasn't really, there was no hole to put it in. You just aim for a target and then like knock it into a 
loop of rope or something. Uh-huh. And that was your that was your hole. What a but that was actually where golf was invented. Scotland, right? No. The mountain men. Oh, okay. They actually invented it and then Oh, what's it uh Drummond Stewart, I believe his name was. Okay. Or was it Stuart Drummond? Anyway, he was a Scottish lord. Okay. And he he'd heard stories about the mountain men in the wild west and the Indians and everything and he wanted to come out and so he came out and he went up the Missouri River on a keelboat with all these guys or no actually I think he went out on a uh, on a caravan from St. Louis in a wagon train and uh, so he went out and witnessed it all for himself and then he saw these guys whacking these little rocks around with these clubs and so he went back to Scotland and told these people about it and they developed the game of golf okay okay <laughs> and that's why you get muggins and things like those sorts of terms because yeah the Scottish invented it Okay, so where do you do these uh, rendezvous deals? Um, they vary. There's several different clubs. Some are real small clubs. It'll have like a four-day rendezvous on a like Memorial Day weekend or Fourth of July, or but they have national clubs. Like there's Pacific Nationals, Rocky Mountain National, uh, High Plains southwest and and they they occur at, they try not to overlap especially for the nationals so pacific is in june usually and rocky mountains usually in july and i think uh i think high plains is i think that's in late june early july and uh but they're all a lot of fun you meet some of the greatest people uh, a lot of historians. Mm-hmm. So I love history. Oh man, it's it's amazing what you learn, and they have seminars where you can learn to nap arrowhead flints or make the arrow shaft or you know how to how to throw tomahawk or learn the history of different kinds of knives. And there's blacksmiths there. There's people that have trade goods like clothing, uh, stuff they weave themselves. People will have seminars on how to make a loom and how to weave, and it's all really very instructive stuff. Huh? That's really cool. I never even heard of that. Yeah. I think I think I remember you telling me about this a while back, but yeah, that was the first time I'd heard of it. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds cool. And part part of the appeal to me is um, at the beginning they have an opening ceremony, they have a flag raising ceremony with a color guard, mm. and um, all the f- state flags for all the states that are represented at, at uh, rendezvous they all raise their flags and and uh, then have closing ceremony where you bring the flags down with the color guard and the salute and the pledge of allegiance and all that stuff so it's it's actually pretty inspirational very nice it brings out the patriot yeah for sure <laughs> for sure but so I think everybody should experience it at least once. Nice. Yeah. I'll have to look into that. So, life is a garden. Yes, indeed. Um, before we close off, so I actually forgot to mention this to you, but I don't think you're going to have any problems with this. I always like to close out the show with a positive or motivational message that you can give to the audience, something that you've taken from your life or something that you've used in your life. 
Hmm. Huh, yeah. Well, you know, the, the most positive thing I can say is Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, and He's, uh, he's the King, you know. Um, but on a more personal, down-to-earth level, uh, my positive. Oh, I wish you. I, wish I know. I'm sorry. Some more. <laughs> Don't. That's kind of uh, trying to come up with something on the on the spur. Um. Well. Okay. I got it. With all my studying of the Bible and all my interaction with people and and just living life, it comes down to two things. And Jesus said this himself when they asked, I think it was one of the Pharisees or Sadducees, I forget which, one of the Jewish leaders anyway, asked him, what, Master, what, are the, what, are, what is the greatest commandment? And he said, it's twofold. Love God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul, and love people. These, these two things, if you can do those, you're pretty much on the right path. I can't remember exactly how he phrased it, but... So that's what I try to do. I absolutely love God because, I mean, you look around and just all the, I mean, you can go out and dig up a handful of dirt and put it under a microscope, and it's amazing what kind of life you'll find in just a handful of dirt. Yeah. Microbes, and I mean, that's a world all by itself, and then you think about all the handfuls of dirt that make up this planet, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's mind-blowing. And then, and then the stuff that you see above ground, you know, and all around you, and just, it's just god is awesome and then and the older i get the more people i meet the more i discover i actually do love people some of them make me mad but you can you can love somebody and still get mad at them yeah happened to me a lot still does from time to time (laughs) (laughs) but no that would that to sum it all up i guess that would be my positive message is like love god love people and you'll be on the right path i like it that's a good way to to close out the episode yeah Thank you to everybody who stuck around to the end, watched the whole thing. Uh, Make sure you like, share, subscribe, do all that. But most importantly, don't forget, life's a garden. Dig Dig it. it.